Hi everyone, how's it going? This is Shivani coming at you from next to her window where a coil and a crow are currently engaged in a very animated fight. If you can hear that, you're welcome for the free nature sounds that I've just provided you with. Uh just a quick heads up, this episode is about the ongoing pandemic and its impact specifically on rural India. We will be joined by somebody who has been reporting from rural india and has been documenting the pandemic as it wreaks havoc there if you feel like this is something you cannot currently address or deal with that is perfectly understandable and we suggest that you skip this episode altogether however if you think you are okay and uh, ready to join in the next episode starts in 3 2 1 I'm Manvi and I'm Shivani and you're listening to the Oversmart Girls podcast. Hi everyone, it feels good to be back although as I was just telling Shivani uh, before right before the recording it feels a little rusty. It seems almost as if we've forgotten how to do uh, podcasting but a little bit about why we decided to take the break. uh one was of course personally we were going through uh, a bit of a covid crisis i mean personally i was going through a bit of a covid crisis at home which just meant that in terms of our recording schedules and the way that we had planned our episode that took a bit of a break uh but mm-hmm. there were other reasons too shivani why we decided to uh say that okay maybe let's just take a step back from what we have planned for the rest of the season and maybe do like a rethink i think it was largely the fact that plans again stopped making sense one way this is maybe the fifth time yeah. we've addressed this here but there was a lot of planning that went in but with everything going on i think a there was a huge emotional toll that everyone collectively was feeling uh and by that i mean me but also people i think around us so even people yeah. who don't aren't themselves sick but just because there's so much media coming at us just generally i think everyone was overwhelmed and that poured into what we were feeling and it felt odd to do a podcast about two yeah. people rambling on when sort of the rambling wasn't limited to our words anymore it was very much a state of mind where we were just wondering what is going on yeah and so we took a step yeah. back and i think this is something back. And I think this is something every content creator, even though I hate calling ourselves that, but I think this <laughs> oh is something no. everybody was sort of struggling with a little bit. But how do we talk mm-hmm. about, say, fashion, for instance? Yeah, when something so unprecedented uh, is happening, which is why basically this is just a long-winded explanation of why we decided to take a three-week break, yeah. and also a segue into why we have. or what this current episode is going to be about so shivani and i both were having conversations we of course like almost i think everybody else in india at this point especially if you're living in living in a city you have had some experience of the covid crisis either mm-hmm. you yourself have been infected someone in your family there are people who've been losing their loved ones so we thought that what we wanted to do then was maybe try and get a perspective of the covid crisis a little bit further away from the cities from our immediate experiences because yeah. we've been mm-hmm. witness to that on twitter yep. or otherwise right? right and so which is why we have a guest for today asmita nandi who Uh, hi Asmita. Hi, hi Manvi. Hi, hi Shivani. Right. Uh, so Asmita is a, a journalist who works at the Quint. And Asmita, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? 
ஒரு ஒருத்தர்ப்பட்டுருக்கிறேன் I didn't I mean I probably couldn't even work properly right. uh, I mean mm-hmm. yeah. about how to report uh, and I know how dangerous this virus is and even if you like with all the precautions you're yeah. not like 100% sure that will not catch up uh, with you so it took me a while this time too hmm. maybe a little less hmm. time than last year but it did take yeah. me a, a while to uh, you know get ready and be comfortable enough to step right. out of my yeah. house i think the anxious i think the anxious part of it is something that all of us did identify with but yeah. i think by the time january or february hit us we had sort of uh, gotten into mm-hmm. a sense of yeah. what we now known to be what is now what we now know to be as false reassurance that things are fine and things are going to be better which is why right. like when the second wave uh, hit and the intensity of it uh, hit us I think it just hit us that much harder like I remember a day before the virus hit home for me personally a day before that I was I remember uh, Shivani and I were doing a podcast recording only and I was talking to her about it and yep. I was just like I cannot believe the last time because the, that episode was actually about us roaming around in Delhi and like you know feeling like <laughs> oh my god we love the city which we still do but I remember telling Shivani I was like this feels like a century ago and then the next mm-hmm. two weeks really and then the does, next two yeah. weeks was just a lot of personal crisis pers- like for me and then it and then the feeling of oh my god we really have or living through something historic just became worse and worse mm-hmm. no what about you guys and i think yeah yeah mm-hmm. no that was true i think there was a period when you sort of became you didn't know where to start reacting yeah right? there's so much happening right? that at one point everything yeah yeah absolutely no for me i think uh, the reason for but the story that mm-hmm. i stepped out for uh, after this gap and after i mean trying to mentally prepare myself there's a back story to it what is the back why story? i finally decided to step go on I'll tell you it, it wasn't like because I was having a FOMO or anything I mean I was but then I there was, was a little bit of like, that reporter going that oh god I want to go out a little bit was there yeah that was there but I mean I was also very scared <laughs> yeah I am still scared but uh, the reason so the story I stepped out for was uh, the bodies floating up yeah, in river yeah. mm. I think uh, for the longest time I was actually avoiding all sorts of images all sorts of videos whenever I mean it would come on my insta stories yep. I would just ha. skip it but this video this thing i mean um 
so i have always wanted to be in con- conflict journalism from a okay. child oh. now i sort of with this particular story i was like this is it this is the thing that you ha- as a journalist you have to record i mean how can you not i mean there are just like mm-hmm. you know how much ever the government is trying to hide the mm. figures there's something so brazenly i mean it's 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 i mean it was sort of um, i don't know how do you say it it was beyond yeah, the real yeah. realm of like it just felt it just but, felt like it yeah, just felt like, like it had gone beyond the unimaginable okay. like you were like you were like okay fine this is bad this is worse and then now after this is something you can't even wrap your head around yeah i mean this is the worst and how you know how even nature is just sort of responding to it like i sort yeah. of weighed my pros and cons and like if this is the story i will risk my life for and that was the thought like hmm. would i do it for any other story probably not matlab as important as they are but this is a story i would definitely would i mean even if something mm-hmm. like you know uh, bad happens this is the story would yeah. go for so that was the thought honestly yeah. um so yeah then i went to varanasi again this was the first flight i took since the pandemic began Of so course. that was another Lots level of, of anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, one other thing. I mean, uh, one question that I sort of had is uh, from up, like a little bit of context for the audience as well. Asmita and I have actually worked together in the Quint uh, newsroom for a couple of years, and then of mm-hmm. course I moved on to uh, other things. But one of the things was because I had been in the newsroom and because I knew what it feels like to have yourself be constantly bombarded. with images these distressing images as you're saying yeah. and so i know for a fact that you can't turn away in the newsroom like i feel that i was personally now right. that i'm out of like reporting on hard news i was basically switching off or i was in fact texting shivani as like i'm taking a social media detox because i can't do this anymore so one of the questions i guess i had was that yeah <laughs> i mean i try okay i try but one of the questions i have is that uh, for both you and uh, Shivani uh, is that uh, a do you feel that switching off is something that does work and b asmita for someone like you whose job it is to not switch off how do you sort of find that balance honestly uh, you know i have i have had this well this need to switch off very often during the two three weeks when you know delhi was like you open twitter and there was a trigger mm-hmm. like everything was a trigger right. and more than the job right you know i hmm. felt uh, I don't know, and I, as much as I respect people who could do it, I couldn't do it because I felt a sense of guilt. I felt hmm. that you know I have the privilege, and I I was discussing this with one of my friends who was running a helpline at that, or he was just volunteering for a helpline. I'm like, how are you doing it? Like he was awake for three days constantly, just trying to arrange oxygen for someone. And I'm like, how are you doing it? Is this not you know mentally affecting mm-hmm. you? He said, "Yeah, but at least I'm not, you know, gasping for breath or seeing a loved one gasping hmm. for breath. So that is my privilege, and I would not. I mean, it's just a guilt that I had that you know, switching off. Of course, it would give me sanity, but like, do I? I mean, at what point do I realize and check my privilege? So that was one thought, and of course, the job demanded it, so that was also there. But um, primarily, uh, for me, this was the reason why I didn't switch off during those two three weeks." What about you, Shivani? Well, I, uh, I didn't switch off again, largely because of the idea that, uh, it just didn't feel right. It felt very weird to 
stay so far away to the point where you'd become uninformed and that was something that I didn't want to do so I stayed in yeah. the loop I'm not a huge per- presence on social media anyway I think Manvi you have made fun of me multiple times for this uh, or appreciated yeah, me for it one way or the other <laughs> different ways yeah. uh, it's actually so envy that, that yeah so that aspect wasn't too hard because the social media that I was on was anyway not really somewhere where I could see myself doing anything that being said yeah I did I did try because there was a certain sense of well what can I yeah. do I'm sitting at home and I really don't have the the means to say be out in the field because I don't have access to a lot of things but I do have a fairly steady income can I do something with this or can I just share with people that I know or check yeah. in on yeah. helplines and uh verify sources so that happened uh honestly it I don't think I've ever felt yeah. like this before in my entire life, right? Like for me, this, this looking back, even now, this is going to be a very major event. And I'm not even yeah. analyzing it from a professional point of view because in my profession, uh, I, it's really not mm-hmm. that big a concern. I mean, museums are all shut and we might be closed forever. And the way Delhi is going, we may not have a museum to worry about soon yeah. enough. But so for me, on a professional level, this wasn't as concerning, which is why for the two of you, I'm, I'm, I'm quite curious now because first of all, both of you are links in journalism. So journalism is something that I think at this point, at least for you, Manvi, is, is so inherent to who you are that I don't think you can resist existing <laughs> without looking at things from a lens and trying Switching to focus off. on, well, can I get a story out here? Can I get a message out here? Can I, can I be saying something with my voice? Uh, how, how is, how has that been for people who got into journalism and maybe I do I guess you didn't anticipate something like this would ever happen and you would ever have to be a part of something like this looking back do you do you guys have a sense of yeah so basically looking back at this do you have a sense of well I got into journalism for all of these reasons and now now that I get to use my skills this is what I (laughs) take back from that yeah this is a great question. I'm so, so would you like to take this? Here, yeah, I know. Like, I think it is <laughs> both of us are thinking a little bit. Yeah. See, personally, for me, like, when this crisis hit, uh, those two weeks when I was trying to deal with the crisis at home, I knew for a fact that if I check social media mm-hmm. too much, I will lose my sanity. So I didn't. Uh, after I finished it, of course, like, uh, both of you have said that there was a need for, okay, I'm privileged. Uh, so. Is there a way that I can help out? And so I tried to start helping out. But personally, for me, uh, the thing with, I mean, a little bit I still have that because I have journalism experience, I still want to see what's Mm. happening on the news. Uh, But I have now sort of started trying to move on from uh, always being connected. What about you? Can you? But this was definitely not something like, for instance, I didn't anticipate that my mental health would take as much of a hit when I 
decided I wanted to be a journalist when I was a mm-hmm. kid is basically uh, so what, so let I'm me then s- let me then walk this back. Why did you? And maybe I'll start with Asmita. Yeah. So when you got into yeah. journalism, why did you decide that okay, this is something I want to do and this is what I want my career to look like? It was a very naive thought, honestly. When when I decided to join journalism, it was actually a very naive thought. I wanted to help the world. I wanted to save the world, and I am sure like everybody, okay, fair. <laughs> all the idealistic journalists that you will meet would probably say the same. And as cliche, yeah, like uh, every like every kid who wants to become a journalist, yeah, yeah, that's actually like, every kid yeah, who wants to become a journalist. I'm really cliche like that, but uh, no, honestly, that was um, like I. But that thought, actually, that naive thought, has sort of very is still there with me. I mean, probably I've matured. My you know writing mm-hmm. has matured. My looking, my lens has matured. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at things with a lot more nuance. But the primary thought behind doing a story, behind doing whichever story I'm working on, be it on communalism, be it on mm-hmm. caste, be it on COVID, the basic thought behind it is just to. uh do public service basically in any sort of way uh even yeah. for mm-hmm. questioning so again i'll just come back to you know the the times when i didn't take a break from social media because of all the triggering yeah. yeah. hard breaks yeah. i think i concentrated more and i was trying to di- you not know, keep myself distracted more with the policy flaws of the government so i mm, i yeah. was constantly researching on those bits like i was avoiding the mm-hmm. tragedy i was avoiding the human tragedy mm-hmm. that was uh, unfolding because you know it was too much to take i mean of course mm-hmm. meanwhile in the personally i was trying to sort of uh, help in any way i could in terms of just making calls or you know uh, sharing sos messages and tweets but apart from that i was uh, mostly my journalism my work was focusing right. on mm-hmm. the policy flaws so that i could just point out that the reason the human cost is unbelievable and the person to blame hmm. is the people who we are the people who we right. who we to power and they've not done Fair. anything for you like yeah but so that when you sort of made the sh- that i was channeling uh, the heartbreaks with uh-huh. probably got it but when you made the shift from sort of being at home and working on policy even within the newsroom and mm-hmm. then having to go out uh, and reporting Into where you field. were confronted with the mm-hmm. reality where basically you can't run away a little bit right so just sometimes like when i when i would sort of see or read a lot of the reporting that has taken place especially in covid in rural areas it would sort of it would be a fairly distressing where i would just be like is this something that i want to read more of so for someone mm-hmm. on the ground what is it that you saw i think there is the biggest problem i mean resources and all which they can still manage it they can ramp it up very soon they can right. ramp it up with uh, you know in a, um, if they intend to they can do it the major problem the major challenge that the, the government will face even if they intend to do something of course it's not impossible if the government has intended but it's is the gap in education and awareness in villages in about mm-hmm. healthcare since so right. since so many years now i mean forget about vaccines of vaccine misinformation rumors is there i met people who are not even willing to go to the nearest healthcare center even if it's functioning i mean half of them were not functioning first of all but even if this it's functioning they're not willing to go to a hospital because you know probably they've seen a case where the patient has died despite going to a hospital and that happens every right. all the time and of course there is a shortage of doctors in those hospitals there are not a uh, equip there, there are not enough equipment so of course even if 
we've seen with this darbhanga story yeah. and there are so many villages so many hospitals mm-hmm. in rural india yeah. where the where the uh, resources are only not there so even if there is a right. dead there you can't always pin it you to keep the hospital mm-hmm. jaane ke liye jaane ke bawajood death ho gaya but you have to also realize that there are no proper equipment in the hospital now that information they right. have been passing it on from ages and they they they've sort of internalized it so much that the awareness is absolutely nil even with the asha workers and the anm worker and anm workers that the government mm-hmm. is trying to do any with sort of you know these campaigns they have not done it so far they have planned to do this but uh, even with them the problem is to sensitize these people first they, the pro- right. and the the other problem again coming to the covid crisis specifically i i'll be actually working i mean yeah. there's a video that's going to be up Uh, I've sort of travelled uh, along uh, the bank. I visited five to six yeah. villages along the Ganga bank, yeah. right? Yeah, and five to six villages, yeah. and I asked three basic, simple questions: like, is there a testing center? Is there a hospital? Is there a vaccination center? And or I do you know about it? And the answer is just um sort of gives you the perspective that I mean, all the conversation on this pandemic is happening in English. it's happening for the elite yeah be it the testing be it the vaccine and all mm-hmm. the nuances and all the debate about vaccine works not works efficacy they don't understand yeah. they don't even they don't understand because nobody has told them anything nobody has communicated right. to them forget about the fears i mean of course there are whatsapp forwards which the government should be checking there should be you know local groups formed to um, sort of uh, make uh, have these awareness programs and campaigns in schools in different ways forget about right. that it's just that the entire conversation is not even happening in another language people who do not know english somebody an aims director aims chief coming and talking about efficacy t- coming and talking about the nuances of vaccination nuances of testing masks n95 masks they don't understand because nobody has been able to communicate that to them yeah. so then uh, when you were reporting this because you said that you traveled all across the ganga basically which is the eastern side yeah, of the yeah i'm from varanasi to bakser yeah. actually yeah okay. so ghazipur yeah, and all yeah, of those yeah. that basically that strip so uh, you're also sort of reporting one is you're also reporting as a journalist mm-hmm. right and at the same time you're also then witnessing these kind of these really distressing uh, instances yeah. of like for instance the bodies uh, floating up in kanga and things like that mm-hmm. so then in terms of like how did uh, how did sort of you mm-hmm. balance the two and then was it Did you feel that, that was, it impacted that your mental health quite a bit? Extremely overwhelmed, extremely overwhelmed, especially because the first story that I was doing was about the bodies, mm-hmm. and I've always had a fear of cremation grounds. I mean, I mean I, that's a that's a trauma. It's a, a childhood yeah, trauma. Right. So um, uh, right. again, to uh, since the pandemic began, this was the first time I was going out alone to report. I mean, we've done reporting alone when things were normal. uh but since mm-hmm. the pandemic and there was always a co reporter or a co uh, you know a camera person who accompanied right. us to whenever we went to reporting i was traveling alone this time and um, i think i overthought i sort of overplanned in my anxiety so much uh till the point i reached the spot till the point i reached the gehmer village where you know bodies where hmm. most of the bodies were floating up I had I have been I've never been this anxious before going out reporting honestly like I've been nervous on and off but I'm like I mm-hmm. knew that I was more more or less confident that I would manage but this I was just like I couldn't sleep I would just not talk to people for those two days I was planning this trip 
because i was like first of all i have to deal i have to see the site i mean I, there's no escape from there i have to talk to yeah, people right. about it so i sort of over planned this in my head a lot before going there huh. so by the time i reached there i think i was numb because i mean i yeah. just didn't feel anything yeah. i was just talking to people about facts i was just talking to i was just not i mean not processing any emotion there because i was being right. so anxious and i was really overwhelmed uh because uh, given the pandemic also i mean i was had i had to shoot with my camera i mean with my iphone i had to record the bite and make sure that is audible i had to make sure that i am at a safe distance from the person because this is a crematorium you're talking about yeah. and you know there have been uh, covid bodies which have been right. brought there etc all of that was just uh, a little overwhelming on the first day i think by the second day i was in a better uh, space I, i had sort of figured out how to uh do all of it together and manage myself mm-hmm. and manage the camera and you know uh, ask about the facts etc and i remember you know my friend had said before the day i was going uh, she, he was mm-hmm. like you know you should just uh, make a note of the things you have to ask and i know and i never do that because i'm spontaneously asking and is it's a conversation right. always yeah. but that's not okay uh but is that ha, new advice like it seems logical no no he was oh, like, but this is something you haven't and he done. knows me that i don't do it he was <laughs> like do okay. it because oh. you know you are so scared now right like, oh, i don't do it because i am like i would rather have a convers i mean i have the questions in my head obviously but i don't write it mm-hmm. down i don't mm-hmm. refer to a notebook when i'm asking questions that's just how i do i mean of course a lot of people do it differently but uh, given that my friend knew that about me he was like do it because you're so i mean i sounded i was just like i don't know what i'm going to do when i if i see those sights you know i mean Anyway, right, right. anyway, the first day was very overwhelming, and by the time I actually came back to my hotel, hmm. I called up my home, and my mom said that she has very high fever. So oh, no. I think I, I I just went numb, <laughs> number. Like, so you were also dealing with a personal crisis at that time. Yeah, so. I was. I I mean, again, that's what I said, right? I just stopped processing it. I was just um, doing what I had to do and reacting, responding to everything that I was having to do. is that so at that point right. and again you can not answer this if this is a difficult thing to answer but at this point did yeah. did you go back to that idea that you talked to us in the beginning about well this is my story this is the story i have to tell no matter what is that something you had to yes, you even had time to yes, process oh uh, see that's what i'm saying you no know, before the before i reached gehmer i had thought of uh-huh. all possible scenarios in my head So I had mm-hmm. thought of all sorts of good, bad scenarios and sort of weighed my pros and cons, and still decided to go because I was mm-hmm. like, this is the only story that I would do this Fair. and take this risk for. Okay. Yeah, but Asmita, just to sort of uh, one of the things is, I mean, I know that I have made I had these conversations in my head where. one of the reasons why i wanted to sort of move away from doing the news was also because i was figuring that it was impacting my mental health in a way uh-huh. that i wasn't uh, okay with anymore mm-hmm. where i felt that maybe it's just sort of time to segue into something else but sort of uh, to wrap up uh, basically the episode the last question that i wanted to ask was and maybe this is something that can help uh, everyone else who's also listening is that in such a situation where you are because of your job having to confront these uh, hmm. horrific things 
and you know for a fact that you still you don't have time to process it that you still have to like put out a story and work on a video and things like that so then now after that what are your if i can call it go to hacks where your or coping strategies where you're sort of figuring out that okay this is what i need to do to make myself feel better cuz one of the things again that chivani and i were talking about is cuz it feels like a really long apocalypse yeah. like i mean i'm it's it's not giving us it's not letting go anytime mm. soon so then what are uh, the ways that yeah. you sort of deal with things then yeah how do you just get on with it because i think that's the larger catch phrase that's now just embedded in you know, all I our read consciousness this, um, like just get on with this, it Hmm. I read this uh, sort of a quote page or quote uh, in on Instagram this mm-hmm. uh, back and uh, it says that the way to the way you're processing tragedy and processing grief now most of us is just assuming mm-hmm. the worst and being ready to respond to it I think yeah. uh, I related to it a lot because I am like mm-hmm. I mean at this point i am in the space where i'm like i have to respond i don't know how what else to do like as much Fair. as you prepare as much as you are scared and fear i mean afraid and scared, and it's all about journalism it's just about how the pandemic has it's is shaping all of us yeah. right affected all of us yeah it's yeah. affected yeah. all of us so even if you are like and that's how i'm just saying that trying to be like i said like i over prepared my anxiety mm. over prepared in my anxiety during the trip mm. by the time i was numb so I, at this point i think i'm just neutral i'm of course i mean yeah, my heart breaks and everything but i'm yeah. just like i mean there's no there's no nothing you can do about it do whatever you can in your hand whatever is in your hand take precautions take all sorts yeah. of precautions yeah. i mean keep everything ready be have the conversation all of it but after a point you it's not in your hands so you just have to yeah. respond and react to whatever comes along that's a life lesson i think i'm yeah. sorry i'm just being yeah brutal. i think that's yeah. very no that's fair advice and it's <laughs> no, a good no, reminder we all need it <laughs> and it's a good reminder yeah so and the, this sort of brings us to the end of this episode uh, just a personal uh, note is that i hope i, I think everybody here uh, sort of we hope that if you're listening to this everything is fine in your home it is one of the things that we've invariably started saying where we're a little scared i mean i personally am a little scared when i get a message from someone or when i get a call from a friend because we've just become so accustomed to hearing uh, worst case scenario just terrible news mm-hmm. actually yeah yeah pretty much every day and i think like what asmita said uh, is true that it is something that irrespective even if you're not in journalism it is a tragedy that we are all facing every day i mean we all know uh, someone that we might have lost or it might be a case of where we or where the virus has really hit home and has shaken us up in a way that we didn't realize or we never thought it would really uh, sort of hit us home so i think one of the things that we can do is to do whatever sort of getting us through so one of the things that's working for me at least is to work because uh, that's a at least that keeps me afloat a little bit mm-hmm. and to keep trying and doing some kind of routines is i think one thing that uh, sort of is allowing me to to work apart from of course doing whatever we can to help in whatever limited way uh, we can whether it's through fundraising or donating and things like that shivani i think mandi's trees photos also help <laughs> yes <laughs> yes my instagram photos. i try and do it on my instagram as well <laughs> yeah but mostly yeah, yeah. <laughs> shivani 
I mean, I have been looking at the the massive neem tree that grows outside my house. That's been great, coping, yeah. counting yeah. every leaf, um, and I'm I'm drawing again, which is hit and miss so because uh, uh, turns out I cannot draw circles. I thought I could, I cannot. So you know, <laughs> just discovering new things about myself has helped slightly. And right. uh, yeah, how about you, Asmita? Yeah, Asmita, parting like. Partying oh, with mindless rom-coms on Netflix has been helping me. Oh my gosh, me. yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically take whatever that can get us <laughs> yeah. Uh, through. Yeah. Thanks so much, Asmita, for joining us and for bringing in the perspective that you did. I think it really sort of uh, helped us and sort of gave us an insight into things that yes. we wouldn't earlier uh, sort of have been able to convey in a way that we did uh, with having you here. And if our audience wants to reach out to you, Asmita, where could they find you? Do something like that. Ah, uh, they can reach out to me on Twitter. It's Nandi Ashmita, or on Instagram, it's Ashmita Nandi. Very cliche like that, but yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh, have we been mispronouncing your name the whole time? No, it's Asmita. Yeah, we have just been going Asmita. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it is Asmita only. <laughs> oh okay, okay. <laughs> but is it supposed to be pronounced as Ashmita? In Bengali, yes. So I still hold on to my roots and I would call myself okay. Ashmita. Because but if you're non-Bengalis, we can say Ashmita. Yeah, yeah, you can. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Imagine coming <laughs> to the end of the episode, we'll be like, we're pronouncing a name wrong. Damn it. So that's it from us for this week's uh, episode. One of the things that we are going to try to do is, of course, be more regular, which every time we say this, something uh, completely okay. catastrophic happens <laughs> and it feels like we're living in apocalypse. So maybe we won't say it, but we will be back for sure with another episode. That we can promise. Yeah, we will be back for sure with another episode. The frequency might not be what you expect, but we will be back. Thanks for listening, for, thanks for listening to us as always. Shivani, what else? Have a great time. And uh, if in your time you decide to go on to social media, you can find us at uh, the Oversmart Girls podcast on Instagram or email us at tosgpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and we'll get back to you. You can also find us uh, on Instagram personally. Don't find Shivani personally, but you I can uh, find me personally. My handle is manvi2501. Yes, send her emojis. Alright, this is us. Uh, wow, this is us as a great show also. I have like literally my post-COVID, just generally I'm saying my one of my biggest post-COVID uh, symptom is just brain fog. Say things, I'm saying sentences, but I mean something else anyway. Great news for the podcast, huh, Shani? That's me yeah. on a regular basis, so nothing's yeah. changed Chalo, here. Good only. You heard my questions. Yeah.